listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group, and you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights about today's readings. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. We taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 261, and we are reading from volume 3, book 6, chapter 22. Paragraphs 686 to 692. 686. In connection with the same mystery of the Savior, then pronounced this sixth word, consumatum est. It is consummated. Now is consummated the work of my coming from heaven, and I have obeyed the command of my eternal Father, who sent me to suffer and die for the salvation of mankind. Now are fulfilled the Holy Scriptures, the prophecies, and the figures of the Old Testament, and the course of my earthly and mortal life assumed in the womb of my mother. Now are established on earth my example, my doctrines, my sacraments, and my remedies for the sickness of sin. Now is appeased the justice of my eternal Father. In regard to the debt of the children of Adam, now is my holy church enriched with the remedies for the sins committed by men. The whole work of my coming into the world is perfected insofar as it concerns me, its restorer. The secure foundation of the triumphant church is now laid in the church militant, so that nothing can overthrow or change it. These are the mysteries contained in the few words, consumatum est. 6.87 Having finished and established the work of redemption in all its perfection, It was becoming that the incarnate word, just as he came forth from the Father to enter mortal life, John 16.8, should enter into the immortal life of the Father through death. Therefore, Christ our Savior added the last words uttered by him, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. The Lord spoke these words in a loud and strong voice, so that the bystanders heard them. In pronouncing them, he raised his eyes to heaven as one speaking with the Eternal Father, and with the last accent he gave up his spirit and inclined his head. By the divine force of these words, Lucifer, with all his demons, were hurled into the deepest caverns of hell. There they lay motionless, as I shall relate in the next chapter. The invincible queen and mistress of all virtues understood these mysteries beyond all understanding of the creatures, as she was the mother of the Savior and the co-adjutrix of his passion, in order that she might participate in it to the end, just as she had felt in her own body the other torments of her son. She now, though remaining alive, felt and suffered the pangs of the agony of his death, She did not die in reality, but this was because God miraculously preserved her life. 
when according to the natural course, death should have followed. This miraculous aid was more wonderful than all the other favors she received during the Passion. For this last pain was more intense and penetrating, and all that the martyrs and the men sentenced to death have suffered from the beginning of the world cannot equal what the Blessed Mary suffered during the Passion. The great lady remained at the foot of the cross until evening, when the sacred body, as I shall relate, was interned. But in return for this last anguish of death, all that was still of this mortal life in the virginal body of the purest mother was more than ever exalted and spiritualized. 688. Of many of the sacraments and mysteries connected with the doings of Christ our Savior on the cross, the evangelists make no mention, and we as Catholics can only, from prudent conjectures, found it upon the infallible certainty of our faith. But among those which have been manifested to me in this history, and concerning this part of the Passion as a prayer which Christ addressed to his eternal Father before speaking the seven words of the cross recorded by the evangelists, I call it a prayer because it was addressed to the Father, but in reality it was a last bequest or a testament, which he made as true and most wise Father, in order to consign his possessions to his family, that is, to the whole human race. Even natural reason teaches us that he who is the head of a family, or the Lord over many or few possessions, would not be a prudent dispenser of his goods, and inattentive to his office or dignity. If, at the hour of his death, he would not make known his will in regard to the disposition of his goods and his estate, in order that each one of his family may know what belongs to him, and may possess it justly and peacefully without recourse to lawsuits. For this very reason, and in order that they may set their minds at ease in preparation for the hour of death, men of the world make their last testaments, and even the religious resign the things permitted them for daily use, because in that hour earthly matters are apt to fill the mind of the anxieties and prevent them from rising toward their Creator. Although earthly things cannot disturb our Savior, since he neither possessed them, nor if he had possessed any, could he be embarrassed by them in his infinite power. Yet it was fitting that he should in that hour dispose of the spiritual riches and treasure which he had amassed for mankind in the course of his pilgrimage. 689. Of these eternal goods the Savior made his last disposition on the cross, distributing them and pointing out those who should be legitimate heirs and those who should be disinherited, and mentioning the reasons for the one as well as the other. All this he did in the conference with his eternal Father as the supreme Lord and most just judge of all creatures. For in this testament are rehearsed the mysteries of the predestination of the saints and of the reprobation of the wicked. It was a testament hidden and sealed for mankind. Only the Blessed Mary understood it, because in addition to her being informed of the operations of the divine soul of Christ, she was also to be the universal heiress of all creation. As she was the coadjutrix of salvation, she was also to be the testamentary executrix. For the Son placed all things in her hands, just as the Father had assigned the whole creation to him. She was to execute his will, and she was to distribute all the treasures acquired and due to her Son as God on account of his infinite merits. This understanding has been given to me as part of this history for the exaltation of our Queen, and in order that sinners might approach her as the custodian of all the treasures gained by her Son and our Redeemer, in the sight of his eternal Father. All help and assistance is in the hands of Most Holy Mary, 
and she is to distribute it according to her most sweet kindness and liberality. Testament made by Christ our Lord on the cross in his prayer to the Eternal Father. 690. When the Holy Word of the Cross had been raised on Mount Calvary, bearing aloft with it the incarnate Word, crucified before speaking any of the seven words, Christ prayed interiorly to his heavenly Father and said, My Father and eternal God, I confess and magnify thee from this tree of the cross, and I offer thee a sacrifice of praise in my passion and death. For by the hypostatic union with the divine nature thou hast raised my humanity to the highest dignity, that of Christ, the God-man, anointed with thy own divinity. I confess thee on account of the plenitude of the highest possible graces and glory, which, from the first testament of my incarnation, thou hast communicated to my humanity. And because from all eternity up to this present hour thou hast consigned to me full dominion of the universe, both in the order of grace and of nature, thou hast made me the Lord of the heavens and of the elements, Matthew 28.18, of the sun, the moon, and the stars, of fire and air, of the earth and the sea, of all the animate and inanimate creatures therein, Thou hast made me the dispenser of the seasons, of the days and nights, with the full lordship and possession according to my free will. And thou hast set me as head of and king and lord of all angels and men, Ephesians 1.21, to govern and command them, to punish the wicked and to reward the good, John 5.22. Thou hast given me the dominion and power of disposing all things from the highest heavens to the deepest abysses of hell, Apocalypse 21. Thou hast placed in my hands the eternal justification of men, the empires, kingdoms, and principalities, the great and the little, the rich and the poor, and of all that are capable of the grace and glory. Thou hast made me the justifier, the redeemer, the glorifier, the universal Lord of all the human race, of life and of death, of the holy church, its treasures, laws, and blessings of grace. All hast thou, my Father, consigned to my hands, subjected to my will and my decrees, and for this I confess, exalt, and magnify thy holy name. 691. Now, at this moment, my Lord and Eternal Father, when I was returning from this world to thy right hand, through the death on the cross, by which I completed the task of the redemption of men assigned to me, I desired that this same cross shall be the tribunal of our justice and mercy. Nailed to it, I desire to judge those for whom I give my life. Having justified in my cause, I wish to dispense the treasures of my coming into the world and of my passion and death to the just and the reprobate, according as each one merits by his works of love or hatred. I have sought to gain all mortals and invite them to partake of my friendship and grace from the first moment of my incarnation. I have ceaselessly labored for them. I have become inconveniences, fatigues, insults ignominies, reproaches, scourges, and a crown of thorns, and now suffer the bitter death of the cross. I have implored thy vast kindness upon all of them. I have watched in prayer, fasted, and wandered about, teaching them the way of eternal life. As far as in me lay, I have sought to secure eternal happiness for all men, just as I merited it for all without excluding anyone. I have established and built up the law of grace, and have firmly and forever established the church in which all human beings can be saved. 6.92. But in our knowledge and foresight, we are aware, my God and Father, that on account of their malice and rebellious obstinacy, not all men desire to accept our eternal salvation, nor avail themselves of our mercy and of the way I have opened to them by my labors, life and death, but that many will prefer to follow their sinful ways unto perdition, 
Thou art just, my Lord and Father, and most equitable are thy judgments. Psalm 68, 137. And therefore it is right, since thou hast made me the judge of the living and of the dead, of the good and of the bad, Acts 10.3, that I give to thee the good reward of having served and followed me, and to sinners the chastisement of their perverse obstinacy, that the just should share in my goods, and the wicked be deprived of the inheritance which they refuse to accept. Now then, my eternal Father, in my and thy name, and for thy glorification I make my last bequest according to my human will, which is conformable to thy eternal and divine will. First shall be mentioned my most pure mother, who gave me human existence. Her I constitute, my sole and universal heiress of all the gifts of nature, of grace, and of glory that are mine. She shall be mistress and possessor of them all. The gifts of grace, of which as a mere creature she is capable, she shall actually receive now, while those of glory I promise to confer upon her in their time. I desire that she shall be the mistress of angels and men, claim over them full possession and dominion, and command the service and obedience of all. The demon shall fear her and be subjected to her. All the irrational creatures, the heavens, the stars, the planets, the elements, with all the living beings, the birds, the fishes, and the animals contained in them, shall likewise be subject to her and acknowledge her as mistress, exalting and glorifying her with me. I wish also that she be the treasure and dispenser of all the goods in heaven and on earth. Whatever she ordains and disposes in my church for my children, the sons of men shall be confirmed by the three divine persons. And whatever she shall ask for mortals now, afterwards and forever, we shall concede according to her will and wishes. This concludes our reading today for day number 261. We've been reading from volume 3, book 6, chapter 22, paragraphs 686 to 692. From the cross, Jesus says, it is finished. We heard a beautiful reflection about that today from Venerable Maria of Agreda. And so the work of his death and redemption for all of us, our forgiveness, it is finished. But we know that the work of the cross technically is not completely finished until Easter Sunday. Because then Christ defeats death. So in a little sense, it's almost like to be continued. It is finished but not yet. And then the ascension is the final capstone until Christ returns in glory. We heard about this notion of Jesus making a last testament. And we all have our last wills and testaments. And actually, I was just listening to a podcast earlier this week in which the host of the show was interviewing someone about death and everything like that. They had written a book about dying well or something along those lines and he talked about our last will and testament that's really our final word that it's not the final word that you give at your deathbed but it's really this document that then is read it's your final word he encouraged something called an ethical will so not only to have the legal will but to have this ethical will and he explained that the ethical will was kind of a statement of the deceased sharing different things with family members, such as some of their greatest memories of life, things that they would have done differently. And so it's giving you a different picture, not just what I'm giving away, but now this is what I've experienced 
and I want you to know all about it. The executor of Jesus' divine will is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Maria Vagrata says she was to execute his will, and she was to distribute all the treasures acquired and due to her son as God on account of his infinite merits. So what does that immediately call to mind? That Mary is a distributor, that she's the executor of the divine will. Well, we pray to God. We say, thy will be done. We ask Mary's prayers about a certain situation. Well, now she is the distributor of what God is going to do. This is her role. Call it mediatrix of grace. Call it the distributrix of grace. That God wishes to dispense to humankind graces through the maternal intercession of Our Lady. Through her hands, these graces come to us. It's a powerful thing to think about. The role of Our Lady in our lives today. The role of Our Lady at the foot of the cross. And she remains there, as we heard, until he is taken down. This sorrow of Our Lady that she experiences, but soon she will be consoled by the fact that Christ is risen from the dead. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.